Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and good evening. Welcome to the Scottish Football Show, powered by the Rangers Rabble Podcast. It's a midweek bonanza after a packed fixture card Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, and we're going to shoot through all the talking points and a little bit more as well. Uh, delighted to say I'm joined by Connor and Lewis. Connor, how are we doing? Aye, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Um, you know, relieved, obviously, after we, we, we managed to... You know, get it over the line last night clearly, but uh, no, um, looking forward to this because there is uh, there, there is a few talking points for the midweek games. I have to say, oh, absolutely. Um, my predictor was all over the shop. I called so many wrong, uh, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Lewis, delighted you could join us. How you doing, my man? All right. I no bad, mate. Good to be back on the, the old SPL show. Uh, it makes a change for talking about Rangers, despite how fun it is talking about Rangers right now, but. There's enough to talk about in Scottish football for a change, so it should be a good one. Excellent. Austin, if you are, as always, watching, joining us on YouTube, um, like, subscribe, um, and get involved. Bring your, bring your comments in and, and we'll bring a few up and have a wee chat through them, certainly as well. As Connor said, I'm feeling a wee bit relieved because I was really confident last night um, as I sat down to watch the telly and the first 45 had me in bits, but uh, we'll make Top Rangers at the end. I'm going to start with... Um, what should have been probably the biggest game of the night, but was overshadowed in, in our minds. Uh, Hibs, uh, Hearts and Hibs, should I say. Uh, the Edinburgh Derby, um, not televised, strangely. Um, we always have this conversation, don't we, Connor, when we talk about the Edinburgh Derby. I think it's, I think I heard Stuart Wright talking on the, uh, the, the, the random show the other night there, that there's one in seven um, of the, the last Edinburgh That's Derby. That's a joke, isn't it? It's really bad, That's isn't it? That's disgusting. Um, there's, there's so much, so much good in our game, and you know, it's just been uh, packaged poorly and sold abysmally. Anyway, Connor, we'll come to action on the field because I have to say, I thought Hibs played actually 
pretty well, to be honest. I know Hearts were looking to bounce back in this one after a, a drubbing um, at the, the Sooty B Champions on Saturday. Um, and, you know, they needed to bounce back, but Hibs played really, really well. They, they did. Um, what you saying, they were, you know, I think they were hard done by not to get the three points, I've got to be honest. Um, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, it's sort of a similar story for for Hibs, uh, particularly under Nick Montgomery, you know, where they've had really good dominant performances and they've, they've just fell short of getting the three points. Um, you know, we've seen it in, in prior games, even in recent weeks, um, up at Pataudry as well. Another game that they, they should have won. Um, yes, unlucky with decisions, which again in this one, you know, which I know we'll come on to, they're, they're unlucky with again, but, you know, it's they, they have to start taking their chances, Hibs, because they created some real good openings um, I think even the goal they score, Martin Boyle should have, should have scored that anyway. That shouldn't have needed a rebound to come to Marconde. So I must say, um, in his first out in the Edinburgh Derby, I thought, you know, for what I've seen, had a, a real solid performance um, and was certainly man of the match for me. Um, but, you know, again, it's just a bit chances. Um, I thought Hearts were were a bit flat. I mean, I think it's always difficult. You come off the back of a drubbing that they got at the weekend and that sort of holding their momentum a wee bit that they had built up and and the form that they had been on. Um, and, you know, you come back for that straight into Edinburgh Derby. The ideal game for them to be bouncing back, but that being said, on the, the basis of the form both teams have been on and, and the gap between them this season, you were expecting that Hearts would go and win that game, and it just didn't pan out that way. You know, Hibs were, you know, were at it, um, and but just that wee bit unlucky they couldn't find that second goal to to kill it off. Lewis Hearts must have the most goal line clearances this season because every game I watched, they seem to be clearing the ball off the line. I know that I think there was actually three in this game alone. I, I think I counted three when I watched the highlights. Um, you know, Hearts, are, they've been a very, very strange side. I think you take Lauren Shankland out of that team and you're talking about a team that might not even be in the top six because not one defender for Hearts this season has, has had a good year. I think the both fullbacks have been very average and I think every single centre-back has struggled at some point or another. I mean, the first goal comes with Frankie Kent trying to clear it away. If Ozzy is in feet and he doesn't bother his arse to move and try and get back on the f- his feet to go towards the ball. And then Xander Clark does a similar thing. He comes out to, to try and uh, block the shot and, and doesn't bother his arse to get back into the centre of the goal quick enough and, and have score for it. And if that's Rangers, you're screaming at the telly because the, you know, the minimal you ask from a, a professional football player getting paid thousands of pounds a week is, is effort. And, and that was just total lack of effort for the first goal. And it was a bit of a theme throughout the game, I think. You know, again, we've said this before in this show, if Hibs had a good striker, they'd probably be like fourth in the league because you need to give the credit to their manager. They did create a, a, a bucket load of chances. I mean, 21 shots with six on target compared to Hearts 14 with two on target. It's, it's mental. If Lawrence Shankman played for Hibs, this game would have been about 5-0 to Hibs. That, that's the difference. That's the quality of player they've got in their hands. And uh, A very, very rare Hibs dominant performance at um, Tynecastle and really should have came away with a win. And like uh, you know, Connor said, Marcondes looked very, very good. I think you can tell that he's a 
he's a wee step above what Hibs have usually got. He, he was dictating a lot of the playing. He came close to getting a second with a, a nice wee flick up and volley, but it was a, a really, really good save for Clark. So, nah, Hibs should have definitely come away with three points. Do you think as well, just sticking with what you said there, Lewis, about the fullbacks, was Atkinson lucky to stay on the pitch? Because very early on, he, I know it was a, 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 a pull on Boyle um, just before the, the first goal. I will, it, it, you know, it's, it's similar to the the deal Monday number in it with, with the Kelly. You know, he probably should have been sent off as well, but maybe Boyle didn't make Amelia as much as he should have to get the decision made. And, and you know, that's rare to say on, on Martin Boyle's part as well. So, I maybe, maybe, but oh, the, the, trying to trying to think of sense and refereeing decisions in this country is, is a minefield that is so difficult because it's the most inconsistent judicating you'll see in Europe. Connor, you were shaking your head there. Fuck's <laughs> sake. That would help. Excuse the language. Um, look, I... I can see where Lewis is coming from, but I've got to disagree personally. I don't think, um, I don't think there's a red card there personally, and, and same with the the Dear Monday one. Um, two reasons for me with, with the the Hearts one. One being that yes, he's had a slight sort of fleeting tug. I don't think. I think if he holds on any longer than he did, absolutely. You know, if if he you know if he attempts. To go, you know, to keep it going, then he probably would get sent off. But it doesn't, for me, impact Martin Boyle in any real way. Doesn't stop his stride. He still gets in. He still takes far too long um, to get a shot away in, in the first instance, anyway. Um, and I think the same with the, you know, the Dear Monday one as well against Kilmarnock. It's a, a slight tug, certainly running the risk, but it would have been very, very harsh because it hasn't stopped. The players' momentum and stop them from going forward, um, and for me, that's that's got to be a benchmark for for those kind of decisions because what you're talking about is it's a clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity that's been denied, and it hasn't it hasn't denied it because they still got the opportunity. You know what I mean? So I just think on that basis, for me, I, I I'm actually probably for the only time tonight going to stack up for the referee. There. See Garden. See, sorry. Uh, Robert, see the guard in the. I actually don't. I, I, I did. I say I thought the boy was a red card. I, I don't know if I did because I, I, I didn't think it was a red card. But I actually do think Diamonde was was on the verge. Like if that was on the other the other foot in terms of being given against Rangers, I think you you would be very angry because the difference is the Kilmarnock player never got a shot away. You know, mm -hmm. so the referees maybe played the advantage for Boyle. He's took the shot on. And that's the difference. Like if the commander player had hit the shot and then Butland had cleared that, that would maybe be the difference. But Diamonde did tug him. It didn't fully stop him. Didn't come down or anything, but it did stop his run. And you you don't know if he would have got a shot. He would have broke onto the ball before Butland. So I do think uh, Mo Diamonde was, was pretty lucky to not be penalised for that, in my opinion. Taking the blue tinted st uh, specs after a change, but call a spade a spade. So... Mm -hmm. No, it's all relative, and we're looking for consistency, certainly. Connor, just to stay with refereeing decisions then, because I know um, Lewis has mentioned the, the, the second half in, in Macondas' chance, but I just want to obviously touch on the Hearts equaliser and the penalty itself. There's maybe two instances in the box, actually, because Alan Forrest, um, I thought, was filled, to be brutally honest, but then the, the Vargas one, <sighs> I don't know if he buys that. 
I know there's slight contact when you slow it down and you really look at it, but I don't know. I, it, it's not for me that, I've got to be honest, but I just wonder how you saw it. Uh, yeah, well, and here is where I stopped defending the referees. Never a penalty. Never a penalty for me. The Alan Forrest one, there's more of a shout for. I still think incredibly soft if it's given because it's the kind of one where I think Forrest has definitely looked to buy it. You know, when you see attackers, sometimes they sort of fling, you know, get, just get their body slightly in the way of the defender to encourage a wee, wee bit of contact. And I think he's going down softly. So the Alan Forrest one, I think, is probably a 50 50 at best. Um, you know, you might get that some weeks, other weeks you won't. Um, just with the inconsistencies, but the one that's actually given on Vargas, look, in the first instance, I can see why Kevin Clancy points to the spot in the first instance, because for where he's standing, and he's in a fairly decent position, he sees that that ball's broke back out and having just not pointed to the spot for Forrest, he then sees that it is a heavy touch. You've got to say that. It's a heavy touch for Will Fish um, that is... Seemingly, Vargas is then latching on to, and it does look at first as if he sort of turns into Vargas and takes him out. However, VAR on this occasion did actually do the job that it gets paid for by Cobbs and actually checked the decision. I know that's a shocker uh, in this week of all weeks. And I'm all for referees having a backbone, and I talk often enough about, you know, not always been influenced by VR and standing by the decision, but when he looks at that on the screen, I just don't know what he's seen because, yeah, is there a tiny bit of contact in terms of he maybe slightly stands in his toe, but, you know, Vargas does not need to go down. You can see it because there's actually maybe half a second between the contact happening and then Vargas says, oh, I'm going to go down now. Um, so he's absolutely bought that one for me and I think, you know, Kevin Clancy had a chance to write a wrong decision and unfortunately when he's went to that monitor he's decided that he didn't feel he made a mistake um, and okay on one hand credit to him for having a bit of conviction about him because you don't see that often enough but on the other hand it's it's the wrong decision and really he should have been able to say Do you know what nah no penalty because if it wasn't for the marginal contact I'd argue that's very close to a dive for me by Vargas I've got a dive for, for you later on in, in one of the games that I want to talk about, certainly. But just, other, Lewis, then, what ensued was absolute carnage from the Hibs support. Um, I mean, there was all sorts, though, and Lauren Shankland has put up an Instagram post. I'm sure you have saw it. I think he said there was a pie, some AirPods, a bottle opener. Now, the bottle opener actually is really quite serious because it's got one of them corkscrew things on there and it looks like a lethal weapon. Um, yeah, and I mean, you can go on about the old firm supporters and, you know, how ill-behaved they are, etc., etc., but I've not seen scenes like that in a football stadium for years. Listen, it's, it, there's no place for that, you know, that that's prehistoric stuff that, that just should not be happening, and it's the type of thing that, that puts the Scottish game, you know, that gives a, a, cast a shadow over it and, and makes us look at a lot less than what we are in, and in football is, you know, it's for the working class, but that doesn't mean that it, that it shouldn't be a sophisticated affair. You know, you don't have a God-given right to, to run onto the pitch or, or fling projectiles onto the pitch because you pay for your ticket. You pay for your ticket to come and watch the, the spectacle that's happening in front of you. You do not get involved with the players or anybody else on the pitch. But just regarding the, the penalty, I, I don't know what's going on here, but 
I actually think both of them are a penalty. I do think the Vargas one is, is extremely soft. But see, I'm just watching it back right now. Um, I think it is a Hanlon. He just body checks Vargas. He, he just stops his body and it's like he, he uses his arse to hit Vargas and the chest and, and it's contact and he doesn't touch the ball. You know what I mean? And it's... The, the difficulty comes in like force. That that's the difficulty. How how do you you justify what force was used? But diving is a part of the game. The Italians have have, have made a living out of it. You know that it's, it's just unfortunately that that's what happens. And I think the Forest one, I, I think that, that's definitely a penalty. I think Will Fish completely misses the ball, and and Forest has sent him for a hot dog. To be honest with you, so I think in reality what's happened is the referee has thought that I probably should have gave the Forest foul. So I'll give the Vargas full. I think in reality that's what's happened. That he's missed the forest one. He's went right. I I, I can't do this. But fair yeah. play to him for going to the monitor and actually sticking to his decision because it's a very real, very very real sight to see that. No, it's not. Yeah. I don't. Anyone who's listening, back, I think. Um, oh, you just on you go, Carlos. Sorry, mate. On you go. Oh, I started and you just started talking to me. No, I was going to say I totally get you know. Uh, you're saying I think the forest one was a more solid shout. I think it's good to see a referee sitting by his convictions. I still disagree with it in terms of I'm still not convinced that is a pen. Um, but your point about diving is, is spot on. There is a lot of that, and part of that is because sometimes you get punished for being honest as a player. Because we're talking about the Diamonde one there. I think we can all agree that if Polwarth decides to throw himself to the ground, Diamonde definitely gets sent off. Um, and he chose not to do that. So, you know, in that aspect, you know, they might look, and it sounds a silly thing to say, but they might actually look back on that. And McInnes might say, Do you know what, Liam? You probably could have bought us one there. Um, and that's a sad indictment of where we are and, and how games are officiated that that has to happen. But you know, see, see, just on your point there, Connor, you're totally right. Like, see, Ryan Kent, for example, he was he was prime suspect for that. He was the most fouled player I've ever watched for Rangers, and he just he barely ever dived. He wasn't intelligent enough to do it, or maybe he just didn't have that personality. But he could have bought us so many fouls, and he just never ever did it. And then you get somebody like Neymar, who again, like the Italians, has made a career out of diving. A fantastic football player, but. A lot of his success comes from playing the dark arts of the game, and unfortunately, it's it's here to stay. Okay, listen, we're, we're paying far too much attention to these referees, but um, Connor Shankland steps up um, and dispatches with a plum. I just want to know where you stand on players with these social media posts after big games, um, and we really need to, we really need to take him to task for his. I think he gave it a one out of ten for that balty pie that he. Ate. I mean, a body pie is definitely a solid eight out of ten. So I'm going to take my task on that for sure. But um, no, also just this players taking the, the social media and and, and where do you sort of stand on that? Um, I must say I don't I don't particularly mind it as such. I think I think you've always got to be careful, certainly because you know you're always liable to end up with with egg in your face or body pie. Um, <laughs> you know. You, if if you kind of give it the big I am at times social media, and you do this, and then the next game you have an absolute stinker, you know you're getting dogs abuse, right? And I think in that aspect, maybe be careful. But I don't mind players showing a bit of character and a bit of confidence because you know what? Over and above just being football players, they are people, they are characters, and there used to be um, years ago you had a lot of great entertainers in the game who before the social media. Uh, era who used to love doing all that sort of stuff on the park and 
and interviews with the media and stuff like that, you know, before you had a thing on social media. And, and I just think um, I, I love a bit, and I particularly like it when they bite back at certain aspects of the media when they're talking absolute nonsense about them as well. Um, you know, when people are, because, you, you know, you get people who like to just stir the pot. And I think if, if I'm a player and I'm, I'm listening to somebody talk garbage about me constantly, at some point I'm going to actually defend myself and go, do you know what, see you. You know, proof in the pudding, and that—that's what they've got to do. But you've got to back it up on on the on the part, um, which you know, to be fair, Lauren Shankland certainly does um, most weeks, uh, and that you know, I must say, is uh, the best piece of pie control I've ever seen on a football pitch. <laughs> Listen, just to, just to wrap this one up, Lewis. I know you touched on. Uh, Macondas and, and the the Clarks a bit later on, but you know Shankland has a, a decent. So I would call it. A, I'm going to call it a lob. Um, like Vargas um, shoots wide later on as well. So Hearts had a couple of chances as well. But honours even probably a bit of fair result. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. No, no, actually, I, th- I think uh, at least 7 out of 10 times Hibs should come away with us with, with the three points. It's actually it's a bit of a joke because, like you said, I mean... That Shankland's chance, it, it was very audacious, and if it, it came off, it would have been excellent. But they had two shots in target, and this was at Tynecastle. Tynecastle is probably outside all form, the most difficult away fixture on the on the calendar, and especially for Hibs. You know, it should no for me again. Like Hibs should have put Celtic away. It's the exact same performance. They created so many opportunities, and they just don't have somebody up there like a Lauren Shankland to put it away. And that's why this game has probably ended up one each. Um, so okay. I I'm unlucky for Hibs. Okay, let's let's draw a line because we have spent twenty minutes talking about the Edinburgh Derby. So, um, you know, I think. Montgomery's biggest problem is the fact that they, they just can't seem to string together back-to-back wins. Um, they're really sort of up and down. And, and I think, had it not been for Dundee, that I think maybe it had been a bit of free-fall, then I think they probably would be in the bottom six, but there seems to be a, a bit of a, a race on. So we will go to Celtic Park, where Dundee pretty much just laid down and got their belly tickled in a 7-8 goal thriller, actually. Um, I don't want to go through the goals play-by-play, corner if we can, because um, there's quite a few of them. However... A lot of the, the the goals seem to come from crosses and headers or, or balls in the box just being poorly defended. There was a real common theme amongst all seven of the goals. Oh, it was, uh, you know, it was probably the worst defensive performance I've seen this season. And there's been some shockers, you know, without question. But for me, Dundee didn't seem to have clue what they were doing. And listen, you've got to say, initially watching highlights the first two or three minutes Dundee did actually have one or two wee half chances where they might have opened the score on themselves and that could change the dynamic of the game of course it didn't and then Celtic you know went on an absolute tear and I just I can't when crosses are coming into the box you know you can concede one one of them you know every so often it can happen to concede three so cheaply 
in the one game in the space of what 20 minutes is unacceptable totally unacceptable then you've got a goal which I think to be fair Neil McCann on sports scene summed up pretty well when he said it was like a five-a-side goal and um, the Callum McGregor one which it was there's just two players passing the ball to the edge of the box and three Dundee defenders three of them all, all go to the ball not one person is, is focusing on I mean that's just ridiculous that is schoolboy errors and I know Tony Dock has come out and you know he's sort of apologised to his um, fans for that performance last night and he is right in terms of his post-match when he said that it's, it's not something he's seen his team this season and I, and I think we'd accept that you know I mean they've had tough games up against the old firm you know we went to to Dens and, and absolutely you know battered them as well um, but to, to be 6 nothing down at half time with that kind of defending is is really really poor it really is Um and I think from your point of view, they're just they're just going to have to kind of take it and move on. But that that can't be happening again because it's too it's too easy. As good as the goals were for Celtic, and I say that through gritty teeth, but I, you know I've got to be honest, they were good goals in Celtic. To be fair to them, certainly in that first half were playing very well. Um, but Dundee, you've got to be better than that. You can't. You just can't be conceding six goals like that. I think Connor comes on to a point actually because I felt um, probably around October time people seem to be handing Matt O'Reilly Player of the Year um, and I've, since the links to Atletico Madrid I, I think he's tailed off he's been really quiet probably for about five, six, seven weeks he played well last night I have to say from what I've seen um, I thought Yang played well as well in spells but given that you've got to balance that off with the fact that Dundee were just after the first sort of five, ten minutes um, when they go three 0 down, maybe I think after sort of twenty minutes, half an hour, and that's it. The game's done. You know, I might go as far as say this maybe needs investigated for for some sort of match fixing because this is a tro. I've never seen a team at this level defend like this. I mean, you could put, you know, what like who's that? Like broader Rangers, for example, would come to Parkhead. And no concede like Dundee did. Oh, Bucky, was, Bucky Bissell came in only because he's five. Exactly. There, there you go. It, is, it was embarrassing. You look at the, the first three goals, I think we're all across to, to a, a header, just to, a, a completely unmarked player. I think out of the, the seven goals, I think you've maybe got two of them were actually really well worked. I know but Connor the, said the, the last one with the young boy. The last one with the young Daniel Kelly, who. Yeah, really uh, finish. Duty football manager, I, I'm I'm quite aware of him. I think Celtic have got uh, big hopes for him. He's, he's got a lot of plaudits. Um, I think he's only 17 or 18. That was a, a fantastic finish. And that was created for Yang, who, you know, earlier on in the season, when we first started dating his shows, I, I gave him a wee shout-out. Just I think it was against Lazio, maybe. Um, he looked really, really good. And he started to get this reputation that he was maybe, you know, the typical winger, all show and in, in the end product, but he's been really good the last couple of games and, you know, he might be a solution to the, the winger issue at Celtic. I mean, it's crazy. They've got about 75 wingers and, and, like, only one of them seem to perform every few games. It's crazy. But, listen, let them get excited because, see, this game is the definition of a false dawn. They overperformed their XG by about five goals. That this this should never, 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 never should have been seven one. They had seventeen shots with ten in target, and they finished seven of the ten shots. That is like unheard of, absolutely unheard of. And then you compile that with the the Dundee defending. Let them get excited because they are still behind us, 
and hopefully this will be a wee false dawn and it'll give them confidence and we'll see if the Jambos can turn up against them next but terrible, terrible defending for a pretty impressive Dundee side this year. Connor, I don't know if you, you sort of saw it from the, the highlights package but I kind of felt it when I was sort of watching. You could tell at times when the crowd knew what the score was at Rugby Park and then later on when the full-time whistle was when they obviously knew how that had ended. Um, there is going to be a lot of to and throwing. That's what a title race brings you. Um, it's probably about how you handle that and your mentality. 100%, of course it is. And uh, listen, you could tell the same watching the Rangers game last night as well. You know, the, the Rangers fans were very much aware that Celtic were absolutely pummeling Dundee. Um, you know, and you were getting into territory, you know, with them 6 nothing up. And I, I'm, I'm actually, at that time, I must admit, I was legitimately thinking, if this carries on, they're going to win about 10 nothing here. This is going to be record break the score lines because it's ridiculous. Um and that you know you're you're sitting at one point going, right, well if we get a draw, well that still keep us top or if they now scored more goals than us because the goal difference is going to be nip and tuck now. And you know, so it's going to be like that and it's going to be about who handles the pressure. But I think, you know, yes, you've got to you've got to give them some credit in terms of it's probably their best performance they've put in for a wee while, albeit you could still argue that it was only a 45-minute performance because, of course, in the second half, you actually grew the second half one each if you, if you break it into halves. Um, that's not, I'm not making that as a disparaging mark. I'm just saying in terms of about the only thing Dundee could have achieved after being 6 nothing down at half-time was don't lose the second half, which they didn't. And, of course, listen, you're 6 nothing, you're going to take the foot off the gas. But, um, no, you're, you're going to see that. Um, we showed a good mentality last night and, and got a job done. But that's what the, the, you'll see that with the crowds, you know, if they're winning or if they're behind, how's the other team doing? Are they winning? Oh, it's a bit more nervy. And, you know, that's the nip and tuck of a, a, a title race. And, you know, bring it on. It's the first time in a long time it's really felt like that. Lewis, just a quick word on Adam Eder. Um, We obviously saw him start the game last night. And, you know, if you'd gone back 12 months and told Celtic fans that Hugo would be on the bench, I think they'd probably been saying you're, 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 you're not right in the tight, as they say. However, looking at Ida and looking at his movement, is he more of a, a Brendan Rodgers player in the sense of, you know, you like him maybe to Dembele and, and Edward, you know, he, he plays between the goalposts almost and he's, he's got a, a bit of range of movement than Kyogo, a, bit, a bit bigger stature? I think physically he's certainly in that mould. He, he's nowhere near as technical as the likes of um, Dembele and Edward and, and you can see that, you know, when he's outside the box, he, he's, he's miles off it. I think that's probably why he struggled in the, the championship. He's not as technically gifted as somebody like Kyogo. But he's got seven goal involvements in five games. So it so should be that, starting. What is that down to? What is, he, what is he doing differently that Kyogo's not been doing up until now? Well, it's probably his physicality. That's the only thing it can be. Because, again, like, right. I don't think his finishing looks looks at any better than Kyogo. And, you know, they, their goals are a bit skewed because he has scored two penalties. Um, it might even be three penalties, but either way, Daniel, that's only two or three open, uh, open play goals. But it's just, it, 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 just your status on what you performed like last season doesn't give you the, the you know, the God-given right to to start every game. You need to perform here and now. Um, and and Kyogo just is not performing. I mean, he, he's he's massively underperforming. There's, I think that's about seven players now. Have overtook him in the goal scoring charts, including our captain, by the way, who is now joint setting in the league for goals scored. But he does look absolutely fantastic. He's, he's a massive unit. He's very fast. He's 
he deals with the, the physicality in this this league very well, and that's something that a lot of players coming through it from England tend to struggle with. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be starting. Okay, okay, we'll draw on the line under that one, and we'll head up to Petodre where Neil Warnock is having an absolute terrible time on his holidays. Um, he just can't buy a win, Connor, can he? Uh, and again, you know, you look at last night as well. Mayovsky seems off it. Um, he doesn't seem his usual self. He had a couple of chances that you'd usually bank on him scoring. And St Johnson, who have been so poor, can't score goals of, of bag two and come away with all three points. Yeah, listen, you know, it's a big win for, for St Johnston, first and foremost. Uh, you know, that's put them, it's almost unbelievable to say this, given um, where both teams have been this season and, and particularly way how poor St Johnston have been, that they're now level points reality after that win last night. It's only goal difference that's uh, separating them at this moment in time, which is slightly surprising when you consider that uh, Aberdeen were also victims of a 6-0 drop in a parkhead as well earlier in the season, so they've not exactly kept the, the back door shut. But, uh, listen, I, I think Neil Warnock is finding out what a lot of people already know about Aberdeen, because, you know, I, I remember him coming out after he played us at Ibrox in his, his first game, and you know, he was very positive about the performance he had put in at Ibrox. And he was like, listen, you know, I saw a lot of good things out there that makes me feel positive going forward. And I think they can go and, you know, get bit back in track and do things. And what he's starting to understand is that the Aberdeen you see when you play Rangers is not the Aberdeen, or, you know, uh, to be fair, in the game against Celtic at Petodre where they drew one each, is not the Aberdeen who seems to turn up in these games. Um, you know, I think Miofsky, listen, I can sort of slightly give him a, a, a you know, a, a bit of a buy. I think with how good he's been this year, he can, you can let him off with having an off day. Um, you know, he certainly didn't bring his shooting boots, but other players round about him had chances and didn't step up. I thought Leighton Clarkson should do better with his when he's through one on one with a keeper. Johnny Hayes again drags it wide. He's got to be minimum test the keeper there, put it on target. Um, and it just, it just seems to me that clearly if Miofsky doesn't manage to find the back of the net in a game, they're really struggling for players who are going to do it for them, outweigh him. And defensively, again, it's it's shocking. You know, the, the penalty kicks, the stonewall penalty, it's a, quite frankly ludicrous challenge given where it is in the area of the box. You don't need to make a challenge there. <laughs> you actually don't. You just stay on your feet and you try and sort of shepherd them and you keep goal side. Um and that allows, you know, runners to get back, and he didn't do that. And then again, you know, the second is, you know, to be fair, a terrific ball for the second goal. You've got to save it outside of the foot, but Kim and Kimpioka shows good strength, but again, it's too easy. Um, I don't think it's a far cry to say that uh, Aberdeen right now are in a scrap to avoid that playoff spot. Lewis, it's a, it's, a, it's a point well made because you know they are level on points, albeit Aberdeen have got that, that game in hand, but there's no guarantees because as, you, as you've seen there, they're, they're just not pulling up any trees. I think even after he's only winning the cup, Neil Warner could said, you know, we pull it, that will get put out in the next round, and he's probably not far wrong. Um, defensively, you know, Keller Roos, who, who you know I've really rated, uh, is fell off, fell off this season. Well, that's because he knows he's getting a bit of contract this summer. Um, Garterman, I know we're going to come on to defenders at the end of the show, but Garterman. I just don't know what he's doing. No, I mean, I, I, you know, we, we just, but Connor slightly touched on it. And we spoke about it earlier with Shankland. Like, Aberdeen would be, would be with Livingston right now. 
like that is how poor their season has been. Without that 13 goal mark from Bojan Miofsky, Aberdeen would be second bottom of this league, without a doubt. They're a they've been a terrible football side this year under both managers. I think Neil Warnock's come in. He thought it was going to be a bit of a, a scush and listen, you, you don't hire pensioners for a reason. I mean he is here just on on his holly bags. He's here to come and watch the famous, let's be honest. He's going to have that light blue shirt and that, that red, white and blue tie on at the end of the season because he's, he is not here to to manage Aberdeen into any sort of success. And if anything, they've, they've slightly regressed. I mean, and it just goes to show you again, Connor touched on it, Milovsky just did not have his shooting boots on at all today and it just meant that Aberdeen had nothing to offer. And Leighton Clarkson, that chance is abysmal. A player of his quality, who by the way, he's been absolutely horrid this year. Absolutely horrid, and he's somebody at the start of the year I was tipping for Rangers. You won as well. Make, he was he, one of your favourites. Listen, he would not even make the Rangers B team right now. He's had a f- terrible season. He's a fantastic wee football player, but a horrible, horrible season. It's just it's, it's a prototypical Aberdeen performance and a prototypical St Johnston performance. I mean, St Johnston just sat in and, and let Aberdeen try and create absolutely nothing and they didn't create anything and the second goal was, was beautiful a wee Traveller right through and, and it was well finished by Kim Pioca like Connor said but Aberdeen are atrocious and see just had a general overview of the league in my short lifespan watching you know the SPL I think this is the worst quality um, domestic season that I've ever ever watched and that, that's including both Rangers and Celtic you know I, th- I know Rangers are playing well just now but I think the quality of the two old firm sides are, are very, very low in comparison to what's been and gone. And the rest of the league is just absolutely atrocious. Connor, just on St Johnson, obviously they, they, they wouldn't have been um, banking on three points there, but they, they picked them up nonetheless. Craig Levine sort of, uh, said uh, you know, they had to have more, show more fight and sort of win their battles, and, and he felt they'd done that. But they certainly took their chances as well. And Kim Pioca looks uh, not a bad find. I'm not saying that he's... Mm-hmm. He's going to be ripping up trees, but he offers something different from Nicky Clark. He's got a bit of legs, um, and I think you know he's someone that could maybe get them four or five goals for the end of the season, and maybe push them up that table slightly. Yeah, I think so, um, and, and I think it's probably that wee bit of energy they've, they've needed up front. You've got to say because it's been very probably for the last two seasons they've not really had that that proper strike. And I know you know to be fair, Chris Kane contributed um you know enough he done just about enough to, to help them out at times but again he was a what you know one goal every what five or six games kind of player um usually coming on off the bench heads lies now obviously moved uh, clubs um and Kimpioka could be important for them because it's what they need is goals you know the one thing about St Johnston to be fair to them um most weeks they don't concede a shit that a barrel of goals. You know, usually when they're, they're losing games, it's you know they make it the odd week where they lose, you know, a, a two three 0 But they're usually very tight games and they're, they're in them, but they don't take chances and they don't score. And when you don't do that, you're going to get punished. Um, so I, I think they need that. And look, I'm not a fan of Craig Levine personally. I think the guys are a bit of Egypt, but. Um, I, I don't mind St Johnson as a club and I would like to see them staying up. You know, I think when I look at the other clubs that are down there, I'd certainly prefer, you know, a St Johnston um, and to be fair, a Ross County as well to, to stay up than a, 
you know, than Olivia or, or an Aberdeen. I mean, I'd be quite happy if they went in. That would be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, so fair play to them. Um, I think it's, it's it's interesting as well in the quickly in the top of the managers because it, you've got two sort of elder statesmen of managers in the dugouts yesterday and both took similar approaches in terms of Craig Levine did change up his formation and he made several changes um, as well to try and change it up and do something different whereas Warnock did that but it, it seemed to throw the balance off because he's converted to that three at the back and I don't think that works for Aberdeen because they don't have good enough defenders to deal with a three at the back kind of situation and the other challenge is when you're playing against Johnston, you can't really justify having your two wide players end up dropping into a back five because that's just that's that's what you'd expect against the old firm. You know what I mean? No St Johnston at home. So listen, there's there's big problems there, and I think uh, as much as Neil Warnock's a, a a character, and I wish him well personally, I think he's massively, massively underestimated the the task he's got on on his hands. You know, Pataudry, no stranger to booze, but they were not happy with, with, with what they were seeing, certainly. Just this question quickly to both of you then, Lewis. I'll, I'll start with you. As Connor touched on there, both managers, of, uh, both, sorry, both clubs were appointed managers of more experience. Uh, St. John's earlier on the season and then Aberdeen later on. Do you think both will switch in, in the summer? Um, I, don't th- I don't think St. Johnston will. I, I don't think they, they've got any reason you know, to do that. Um, so you think Craig Levine's shown enough to get another two shot to the next season? Aye, I think so, certainly, because, you know, the early parts of the season, me, myself included, a lot of people had already set St Johnston for, for being doomed in this league, and he's massively turned it around. Um, but Aberdeen, absolutely no chance. And I heard Barry Ferguson, and, you know, listen, we all love uh, Barry, but, you know, he had the view that, that Robinson should have stayed in the, the job. No, no, you don't. You don't keep a guy in the job just because he, he's a younger manager, and the manager you're going for it is a guy that's had experience. If you're not performing, it doesn't matter what age you are or what experience you have. You lose the job, and he wasn't performing, and Aberdeen would have still been plummeting. Maybe not to the same degree, but they they still would be plummeting under the former manager. So I disagree with our former captain on that, and it, I will agree with him on the point that the next appointment for Aberdeen needs to be absolutely on the money because they are very quickly losing their status as the third best club in the country, certainly. Yeah, well, that, that, but you're nowhere near that at the minute. Hearts have, 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 have you know, made that their own. You can see that by the points total. They're just playing against themselves really at the moment, uh, Connor. But do you agree with, with Lewis's sentiment that Craig Levine's done enough? Because I just think that, I, I, I know they won the game last night, but I said it on Sunday night, I don't see an identity from them other than let's not get beat. And I don't know if that's enough. Uh, I mean, well, obviously, certainly Walnut will be going. We know that. I think Levine has he done enough? I don't know. I think it's a tricky one because you can't deny the fact that they they do look a more solid unit under Levine than they did um, certainly in, in Stephen McLean's you know last uh, couple of months with him. You know when they really took a a bad double down the table and were you know struggling. So you can't deny he's done that. The problem with Craig Levine is he's not an ambitious appointment if you're St Johnston if in terms of if you keep him long term, what's the plan there? What like you say about identity, what's the identity? What is your you know, Levine will take you so far in terms of he'll make you a hard team to break down. He's you've got to give him credit for that. 
he can set up a good defence, but he's not renowned for good football. And that's a club that, since they won the cup double, have been severely starved of good football. Even that season, in the league, it wasn't great. They just were brilliant in the cups. Um, so for me, I would prefer that they went in a different direction unless Craig Levine decides, you know what, let me let the shackles off. Because I think he's got good players there that if he just let them, you know, stop being so, oh, we need to make sure we don't lose. Don't go out there not to lose. Go out there to win the game. Go and show what you've got. Because Kim Pioca looks a decent player. But in a Craig Levine squad, he's going to be stifled by a lack of proper forward movement consistently. Roberts, I would just pose the question to the pair of you, right? Do you not need to, you know, measure the expectation here? Because maybe St Johnston's view on being a, an SPL team is not to get beat because that's the most realistic way that they can achieve staying in the league. Because if you look at somebody like, you know, Nick Montgomery at Hibs, mm. they're plummeting right now because he's trying to play this autumn-branded attacking football and he's not got the quality of player. And if Hibs can't get the quality of player to play that style, then St Johnston are never getting that quality of player. You know, the, 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 the cup double was, was you know, that's a once-in-a-lifetime um, achievement for a club like St Johnston. That, that'll never happen again. And, and they struggle so much to get players to come to um, St Johnston, you know. And I just don't think it's realistic for them to go, right, we need to go and try and get a forward-thinking manager because I think that could end up in them being relegated. Like I said, you need to look at teams like Hibs who are currently sitting, you know, seventh in the league because they're trying to play that style. Well, my, 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 my thinking behind this, Lewis, was if Livy are to go down, there was there was a, no secret that they'd approached Davy Martindale before the Levine appointment. I was thinking maybe does Levine see them at the end of the season and then Martindale sort of draws a line under it after he takes Livy down. Um, I know that's not a great appointment because he's just took Livy down. However, I, I, th- I just think he needs a freshness. I think both parties probably need a freshness, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Livy can, uh, sorry, St. John's can pinch Teddy Yenge and that'll solve all their problems. Oh, see, mate, that's actually hilarious because seeing the, the analysis on the, the Livy game, I pointed out Yenge and I said he would be a, a, a absolutely fantastic acquisition for St. Johnston because that has actually. been a serious, <laughs> it's written down right now on my, my reward document. Um, he's, he'd be a brilliant acquisition because I didn't even realise he's only just turned 23 big Yenge, so... There's a lot of a, a room to grow, and I think he's only got a one-year deal. Um, I might be mistaken on that, and you pick him up for a free, he'd be a fantastic acquisition for somebody like St Johnston. I think he would be, and I think, um, just around the point off, my, my frustration with St Johnston simply being that they won the cup double, and you're right, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but what that should have done, it's certainly, because you can't deny it, it's not a lot of money you win for it, right? But... When you win a cup double in your St Johnston, the money they will have got for that for them will have been real good money to go and win two cups. And I just don't think they've used it properly. They should, they, they, the, the, the strategy of recruitment's been a problem. What maybe, I don't know if there's a world where, say in the summer, where they do go down, maybe they bring Martin Dale in and you can put, you could put somebody like Craig Levine upstairs, have him, you know, take take on some of the recruitment responsibilities because the one thing about Craig Levine, he has, you know, a, a decent enough record over the years of identifying good players that he's brought in. You know, you look at Hearts, Dundee United when he was a the manager there. So I wouldn't be against that because I don't think as a partnership that would be a bad thing for, for St Johnston. 
Right then, okay, it's a nice little uh, segue on to the other game. By the way, uh, this game looked brilliant on the telly. I don't know if they just packaged it right, but it looked like a really good wee atmosphere going on and, and plenty of talking points, uh, certainly. Um, so we will start with, with Teddy Yenge's goal, Lewis, nice and early. He, he pounces, I think everyone in the predictor had him for the first goal, certainly. Most people did. Um, and, and things started well for Livingston. It did start well. It started well very, very early, and I think that might have been the issue in this game. Because um, it meant that, that Levy kind of had to, you know, defend for their lives in the, the remaining half. And statistically, the game really did, didn't look like that. I think they were very evenly matched on um, chances created. But, you know, watching the highlights, it, it looked like uh, one-way traffic from Motherwell. Livingston didn't really seem to create anything of of proper note. Um, and I just after the, the first Motherwell goal went in, I think they just kind of took over for the game. And... You know, it's just like, I don't know about you, but does Blair Spittle, is he capable of just scoring a normal goal? Like, every fucking week that Blair scores a world, that was another fantastic finish. And honestly, he's a he's a, a very, very unexpected shout for, for player of the year. His numbers are really, really impressive for, for Motherwell. And, you know, he's a wee bit younger, I would be... be Telling the old firm to have a look at him, but I think he's like 27, 28. But he's had a, an absolutely fantastic season. Um, and I think this might have been the, the last nail in the coffin for, for Martin Dale and Livingston, unfortunately, because I think that now puts them, you know, I think that's nine points or seven points. Can't quite remember behind Ross County with we, we one more game played. So it's very, very, very frightening times for Livingston, but. Like I said, shout out to Vic. Points we count every game in hand. Six, right there you go. So that could be extended to nine, and it just it looks like there's no way out now for Livingston. Unfortunately, I think they did need to get that that one up at Ross County if they had any hopes of staying in the league. But like you said, it's right here. Uh, shout out to Big Yenge. Honestly, any of the the lower place teams, if if he is available on a free transfer or any sort of small fee, I would be certainly looking to pick him up because he's. Despite his size and his stature, he's got really, really good feet and he's got a decent eye, eye for goal as well. So, I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Connor, as well, I think what I would say about Yenge, if you're going to take him, whoever it may be, for a step up, there's there's some there's something to potential to move up, do you know what I mean, and, and grow the player and maybe sell him on for a bit more. So I think that's something to be looked at. But just on um, Motherwell themselves, Stuart Kettle said, you know, anyone who watched the game could see um, they were the better side. Some of the goals, um, I really, you know, as, as Lewis touched on, Spittle's goals, great. Sam Nicholson's come in from the MLS. He looked lively. Uh, and the boy on loan from, is it, is it Blackburn Vale? He's on loan from it, I believe. Um, he's adding goals as well. So they seem to be coming on um, on a game at the right time. Because as we spoke about last week, they were getting dragged into it slightly. Oh, they were. You know, they, they were in, in, in danger of, uh, probably getting dragged into it, and I think they are they're just finding that wee bit of form at the right time. And you know, ultimately, they're doing what you know, Livy are struggling to do, what County are struggling to do, what Aberdeen have been struggling to do beat the teams around about you, beat the teams you've got to beat. 
Um, you know, and they, they're doing that. They're, they're getting those points by hook or by crook. I thought last night, um, again, you know, the highlights package, I, they, they obviously done a good job of sort of juicing it up a bit in Sky Sports. But for me, I would not be collecting a game on that surface over in Edinburgh Derby. I, they could have been playing Man City. I wouldn't have cared. Um, but, you know, I thought Motherwell responded well. We're going behind. I thought probably the better team. Um, and they are finding a wee bit of, a wee bit of form. I think Stuart Kettwell said at the weekend that, um, you know, it's he's wanting to instill in his players the, the need to keep playing for, you know, 96, 97, whatever, you know, minutes in a game because they did let it slip very late against Celtic, which, to be fair, the one thing about Motherwell this season, they've had an awful lot of, of goals quite late on and, and late drama in their games, whether it's been goals they've conceded or goals that they've scored, you know, they've done it. Um, plenty this season gone late on and, and yeah but yesterday they, you know job done for them um, and I'm sure they'll be absolutely fine now I mean they, they, could, they could still squeeze into that top six without question but they need to get a good consistent run of wins on the board Is that a point actually Lewis that just about the top six sorry I know we we're going to come in there with something but mm-hmm. everyone's focusing on Dundee and Hibs and, and Motherwell just quietly behind Hibernian and picking up points it's it's very difficult with Motherwell because they they they're probably the most inconsistent team in the league. You know they win five 0 one week and then they get beat three 0 the next. You know you never you never know who they're going to start either. I think that you know there's a lot of different variations in team selection and and styles of play, and I just think they're a wee bit too inconsistent. But then again, that this is what what my point about the league in, in general is just so poor. I mean, it's like. It's like twelve points separates like fifth place to bottom place. It's just that you don't find that anywhere else. There's not a league like it. There's not a no, league like it. No, I mean at least it's, it's entertaining in it. They're all very very close together. But I just wanted to give a wee shout out to our our very own Adam Devine, who anytime I, I I've got the chance to watch him play for Motherwell, we, he's looked very very good. You know, he's somebody that. I, I think is probably no had the the fairest cracky uh, the whip with with Rangers. You know he came in for for Bonner being injured, and I thought he was he was absolutely outstanding, despite the fact that he was playing left back, and that's where he was playing in, in this game, and he looked very very good. And I think he's somebody that's shown that he's definitely capable of playing at this level. Whether that's at Rangers or not is, is remains to be seen, but he's definitely SPL standard. Just a, a one team answer to to both of you on the night six spot Hibs. Motherwell, Dundee, Lewis? Um, I'm going to go Habs. Habs, Connor? Dundee. Oh, well, I'll just go Motherwell, so it's a nice fair spread. All right. <laughs> um, you can come back and we'll, we'll talk about this in May. Okie dokie, then there's one game left. It was Tuesday night's televised game up, up at Dingwall. Uh, Ross County uh, hosted St Mirren. Um, and actually, to be honest, you know, deserved of a point because I didn't think St Mirren were brilliant on the night. Um, you know, we'll talk about refereeing decisions, Connor, in a moment. Um, if we can be a bit briefer than we were during the Edinburgh Derby, that'd be great. So we got caught to go to, but um, certainly they get off to a great start. Alex Gogic gifts them an absolute howler, and it's a, it's, you know, it's an easy tap in that your granny could put away for for, for Jordan White. Aye, look, I think. Um... You know, Stevie Robinson, I think, summed it up quite well in his, his post-match. You know, I think Gogic has been such an, an important player for, for St Mirren this season. I think uh, he, he's had a bit of a, 
you know, a bit of a career renaissance at the St. Martin because I think before that he had sort of fell away into really, really obscurity. He wasn't doing much after the, you know, time at Hamilton where he did sort of shone for them. And I think what happened last night was just, it wasn't just him, it was a litany of errors uh, for St. Mirren. You know, it really was. I think, you know, when you've got players can't get the ball on the, on, on the, on the deck and just play football, you know, and they're putting it up in there and, the ball that was actually played back to Golgic that he was having to try and deal with was not great. Um, and he's just, unfortunately, under his, his back pass. I, he probably didn't even realise Jordan White was there, you know, which is, again, lack of awareness. And, yeah, I mean, Jordan White won't get many easier goals than that in his, in his career, certainly. Um, but to give him a little bit of credit as well, he's still done well to show the composure and to, you know, sort of just shift it around the keeper and, and, and pop it home um, as as you should do for that position. But I, I'm pretty sure Alex Golic will not have been watching sports scene last night. Yeah, Lewis, there was a, I can't remember the, the player's name, so forgive me there, but it seemed like a bit of a, a die for County for a penalty just before the handball at the other end. Um I don't know which one of them was it was it Latori playing last night? Was it or oh, Tuesday night? Was it, it might have been him? I can't remember the player's name, so forgive me there, but certainly looked like a dive to me. Wasn't even checked by VAR. Nothing was given. They just played on. Do you know the one I'm I'm talking about? I don't I don't know because I've got done that that, that penalty shout um was after the handball. So I don't know if I've missed one before it was there three penalty shouts or two. No, <laughs> I've got it down before. There was two, wasn't there? There was two, uh, and it was right, before, well, before the handball, wasn't it, Conor? Am I right? right yeah, well. I, had it, I had it down as before, but I, is, it Ryan, is it Ryan Leak that that's leaning back, and I think it's James Bolton that tries to claim for a penalty? Oh no, that there is a third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's right. Ah, he's right. right. So yeah. I, I, I've not got the first one done. So apologies. Right, okay. No, no, it's all right. The punters have probably went to their beds by the way. Anyway, we'll get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, certainly. Uh, I, I kind of felt he died, but anyway, we'll get to the 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 the, the main one corner, the the handball. Um, why that wasn't reviewed or, or, or wasn't given? Should I say? This is what I'm saying about consistency. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, dear me. Um, listen, it's 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 hard. This is the reason these shows go on so long. If if we could just have a game week where officials do their job properly and there's nothing to talk about from, I would be delighted. We'd be done in half an hour. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's just, I can't, for the life of me, understand how you as a VR official, particularly Greg Aitken, who it was, who's a full-time VR official, so he should be, you know, one of the better VR officials because he deals, he does it all the time. He should know. How are you only checking the pullback and not the handball? Because when, when you're looking at the pullback, you can't look for the pullback and not see the handball. Um, I mean, for crying out loud, his hand was basically touching the top of the stand. I don't know how high he wanted it to be and how obvious he wanted it to be. Um, I just feel for for, for teams like St Mirren uh, and, and County as well and others, the smaller clubs, they're paying money that they can barely afford to pay to have this uh, tool implemented into into our game to make it better, to get decisions right. And last night, it, it, you know, they, they, they should be screaming for a refund because they, they didn't do their job. Quite simply, they just didn't check. And 
it's unacceptable for me. You see the, the commitment and, and they say it like it's, oh, oh, they just didn't check, move on. No, no. Your job is to check every incident. How many obscure, stupid things have you seen VR spend three or four minutes checking that there's absolutely nothing in and the most blatant handball that has happened this week? And I will include the the three handballs at Rugby Park, the one that went against us, the two that, you know, um, we possibly could have got as well. I can't for the life of me get why you're not checking it. And why, why are teams paying money for this? What needs to happen is in, in the summer when it comes, because it's too late to do it now in the season, these teams all need to get on the same page with each other, the SPFL clubs, and sit down and have proper conversations with Crawford Allen and make clear that if he doesn't shape up, he can ship out because we can bring somebody else in to run the referee in this country because that, that comes to leadership. That There's no other reason why you don't check that other than just a total lack of common sense. They've already had to issue an apology to Hibs. Pretty sure they'll do the same with St Mirren. And I just... It's not so bad for us because Rangers and Celtic, it doesn't matter the money that we're spending. We can afford it. These teams are having to really dig into their pockets to, to, to pay for this and they're not getting what they're paying for. Listen, that money could be put to better use, like maybe grass pitches for a couple of them for a start. Anyway, um, channel member Jim Sloan in with, with a super chat there. Top of the table. We are simply the best. <coughs> the rest. Uh, follow, follow. Uh, Jim, as always, cheers for the support, mate. Um, and we are back on tomorrow, Friday, with a, with, a, with a Rangers pod, so I'm sure you'll be tuned in for that, certainly. Um, Lewis, just on St Mirren then, uh, you know, they, they, they get the equaliser, all of a sudden you bullies the boy, really. Um, he'd no right to win that. Gets in front and it's, it's a neat, tidy finish. And then James Scott at the end, he should be at least working the goalkeeper. What is he doing there? No, I mean... I. <sighs> I don't know if that's a, a classic case of a, a, a very one-footed player because I think he's used the wrong foot to begin with. Um, and he, he's a bit of a, a sad story, James Scott. You know, I think he obviously broke through at Motherwell and he went on to, I think it was Hull City, and, and his, his career's just kind of went downhill from there and he's ended up at St Mirren. Um, but no, that was a golden opportunity to get all three points there and and St Mirren didn't take it, but to be honest with you, like you said at the start, I think 1-1 was a, a very fair result, I don't think either team deserved to get all three points in the end, and Olisanya is becoming a bit of a clutch playoff at St Mirren, I think he's only got like four or five goals this season, but every time he's scored, aye, it's like it's, it's important numbers, especially when you're, you're two big boys, and a young and Mandarin on the performing, and it's good to have a, another option in there, so. What do you, what do you both think of Don Kiwi? Which is, I, I, I watched him in that 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 post match, and he, he looks he doesn't look very comfortable, and he, and he's and he's mm. front of the cameras just yet. No, you can see the inexperience in him, and it's listen, it's fair enough. It's he's he's not real for the any proper management. What I would say, he should be a bit more comfortable in front of the cameras to a degree, because I'm sure, I'm pretty sure, he done one or two um, post matches as assistant manager. Um, in his time because that always happens sometimes a manager can't do it so uh, I think he needs to just be a bit more confident in himself because to be fair to him um, the last couple of games have been decent enough results for him you know you beat Livingston that was a huge game for them four um, points are brilliant and they, mm-hmm. they, showed, they showed real guts and character in that game as well because to be 2 nothing up and then get pegged back uh, you know it, it, it's tough but they got to win and, and they deserved it in that day and, and last night you know Again, it's a decent point against a good, you know, a decent side. They got probably should have won it, but 
I uh, just needs to be a bit more confident. Um, and uh, to be, I would also just from purely selfish reasons, I would like to have seen him do what managers don't do it as my bugbear and actually call out nonsense officiating even when it's going for you because you should be checking things. Um, and managers don't do it. That's just a pet bugbear of many all managers. But nah, I think right, he, knows, he knows there's guys on podcast that are going to dig out the referees' plenty, so he just leaves it to us. Uh, <laughs> well, that's why Davey's not on the night because we'd have had that would have been shut down, uh, especially, especially with Dundee, honestly. Uh, right, okie dokie. That rounds up the midweek action. We have got a wee bit just to, to tie up today's or tonight's show. Should I say, um, we've, we've, we rank goalkeepers. I don't remember if you guys list, have listened a couple of weeks ago. We ranked the goalkeepers 1 to 12. We've now moved on to defenders. And I, and I, I say it was a very, very <laughs> difficult task. Um, so, yeah, what's Graham Cobbler said? Come across the show, guys. Good to see people going over all the games in the Premier League, even though they support uh, a particular team. Good balance of knowledge with opinion on each game. Cheers, Graham. Oh, Thanks very much. Oh, that's, that's, you, um, that's, that's on TripAdvisor, that now. Brilliant. I love that. Um, okay, yeah, so I've knocked up 12. Um, you've knocked up 12, Lewis. And, Connor, you're going to knock them up as you go. Um, there's, there's a joke in there somewhere. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you, you can knock them up as you go. And uh, we'll see what we come up with. Lewis, go on then. You can start us off because this is your baby. Right. So I think that the best place to start would be to go from worst to last because, I mean, they're just neighbourhood. From, from the worst to best, sorry. I think obviously with Livingston, it's, it's there's just nobody. There's absolutely nobody. I've picked James Penrice because I think he he showed quality before in his career, and I think he's somebody that's capable of maybe getting up at another level or two. But nah, it was very very difficult to pick anybody from Livingston Football Club this season. So my my worst I gave to um, a man that featured earlier on the pod. I gave it to Gartman. I think he's been absolutely diabolical. He's a terrible um, He's a bomb scare. Um, for, I, I don't know if that's terminology we can use in this day and age, but he is a bomb scare for me. So he's <laughs> at, at number 12 for me. Connor? Uh, Owen Beck. Um... <laughs> <laughs> right, I was going to flip the table there. <laughs> no, uh, uh, it's got to be by the way, Connor, we, we can only pick one player for each team, by the way, because otherwise this list would be half full of Rangers fine. players. So. I, that, well, to be fair, uh, that's fine. Um, no, for me, uh, the worst one, another Livingston player, a partner of Penn Rice's, uh, Mikey Devlin. Um, I, I just think he's a distinctive this season. I think he's he's a guy who, for a period of time, was reasonable at Aberdeen for where they were at the time. I don't, I don't think he had a bad time there, but since he's came to Livy, you know, he, he's you know, I tell you what, they've Literally let go of the John Lewis devil and they've got the pound shot one in there. Right, okay, <laughs> I went for in at 11. I've given it to the boy at County Leak. I've, I've stuck him in at 11. Again, it's it, it's a real poor. It's poor difficult. Poor, it's poor. It's so difficult. Honestly, and, and I'm all for talking up a game. This is why I, you know, I'm part of this, this show, but. Defensively, when you're looking at the players, there is just a real lack of quality. All the clubs, and I used to think it was strength of forwards they were they were missing. And I think no, no, it's not. It's defensive not players. Uh, right. Well, I mean, I'm the exact same. I mean, I've got Ross County uh, player in at eleven, and 
I went for Connor Randall, who I don't even think has played many games in defence this year, but he is he is a defender. I think he's actually, you know, by trade a right back. So I picked up Connor Randall. He's the type of player I think he's let Dujon Sterling. He's played like sixteen different positions for Ross County, and he's got a goal. So that's the only reason I picked him because it's it's absolutely slim pickings for Ross County as well. Connor, do you want to chip in there? I know it's hard for you on the goal. Have you frozen? Oh, we've lost him. We've lost we go him. right to the end. Yeah, and we've, we've lost him. It, look, it looks like he's live there, but then the more you look at it, the more it becomes frightening. Okay, <laughs> then. Um, I, I went for Gogic at 10. Uh, probably more so on last night, by the way. Um, but I've stuck Gogic at I 10. I also Sorry, think he's Alan. had a good season as well. I know, but I, I just that was I just watched the highlights when you asked me to do uh, well, I, again, I, see until we get to like number six, man, it's just that every defender here is awful. Go then, I mean, go, give, us, give us some right to six then, come on, let's rattle through them then. Right, so St Johnston is my number 10 pack, I went for Liam Gordon, again, I think he's the best of a bad bunch, he, he's not been, he's never really been excellent, but he's a solid centre-back at this level. Number nine, I've went for Will Fish from, from Hibernian. Um Despite his penalty being given away, I think he's actually, again, the best of a bad bunch. And at 21 years of age, I think he's coming off the back of really, two really impressive seasons at Hibs. And he's somebody that if Rangers were looking at as a, a backup option to develop it, I wouldn't be um, annoyed at it. And he's obviously came for Man United's academy as well. So at number eight, I've actually went for a Hearts player. I went for Alex Cochran, who... He's got three assists to his name. I think he's, again, at the best of a bad bunch. It's just it's a theme going through the, 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 the bottom tier of the league. Hearts have been a very top-heavy side this year. You know, a lot of their centre-backs have struggled, and I think Atkinson struggled as well. Uh, number seven, I've went for Georgie. Is it Gent or, or Yent? Gent, Gent, yeah. Gent. Uh, he's, been, he's been pretty decent on that. I think it's he's a left-back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he's got a couple of goal involvements. He's, he showed um, you know, good physicality despite his age. You know, 20, 20 years of age and he's came to the SPL and he's fitted in quite well. And then number six for me, I've went for Scott Tanzer who has been very, very solid on the left uh, fullback position for St Mirren. You know, he doesn't get a lot of, a lot of plaudits because it's usually Ryan Strain on the other side that's been getting the plaudits, but we haven't been injured. I think Tanzer's picked up the, the helm a wee bit, and I think he's amassed uh, a goal and four assists for a, for a decent St Mirren side. So he's actually the first player that is deserving of a, a decent position in this, this ranking. You're going to leave it there, right? Okay, I'll, I'll bring you up to... Connor, you can come in in a moment just on the, the ones that we're, we're going through if you want to chip in with any, anything different. But So I had, obviously, I've given you Gartam and Lake Gogic. My number nine, I've, I've put... Oh, it's so honk, I'm embarrassed. He's put, I've put Obelai in at nine. Um, he's followed by he's followed by uh, Big Bevis Mugabe at eight. Uh, oh. And it gets worse, it gets worse. Um, Connor, Lewis might turn his computer off for a minute. Um, Jordan McGee and it's seven and and number six that, that's when I put in Liam Gordon so I think even my top five I'm only happy with my top three to be honest but that's my that's my match me up to number five come on Connor you, you sat back there we lost you for a minute we're delighted you're back I mean to be fair I got over an hour there with that happening so you know it was, it was just a matter of time um, I, I mean I, I, I just want some clarity here in what the, the rules are because at least meant to be who the best defenders are at each club. 
Because I, they've not even been driven by making great cases here. This, this has just been no. the worst defenders in the league so far. See, see it at 12. See it at 12 teams. Honestly, there's like three good defenders. The rest is, is dreadful. Um, uh, I, I'd probably go... <laughs> My number 11 would have been um, Andy Considine, simply just, I don't know, experience, I suppose, um, that he brings to St. Johnston. So, because I'm William Gordon, fair enough, but uh, I'd have put him in there. Um, I mean, God, they're all really bad, is the problem. Uh, <laughs> I'd have had McGabby at 10, personally, because um, I think at Motherwell, he's, I mean, he's not a great defender, but He's probably the best of a bad bunch there, if, if we're being honest, because Paul McGinn's absolutely woeful. And Stephen Adoro, on occasion, will show up. So I do think he's probably the best they've got. Um, nine, probably... Probably Latoury at um, Moss County. Um, eight for me would be Will Fish. Um, seven, I think would be Gartleman because to put him any higher up than that would be quite frankly disingenuous at best. Um and six would be Alex Cochran. Now just on Alex Cochran then because you know Wolf Einstein who, who who's who's a hearts fan actually that, that tunes into the podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. Wolf he said Alex is one of our best performance this season. He's a consistent seven out of ten. I think that's coming back at you Lewis for you sort of saying that he's not had the best of seasons. Um Buffalo Alberts has got a question. I don't really want to bring it up, but I, I, I'm going to say it's a no from me. I've actually got Cochrane in at number four, just, just while we're at it and talking about have it. Have you not got anybody at number five now? I have, yeah. Um, least, you just um, want to the, the order. Well, no, I just wanted, because we were talking about them, I just thought I'd mention it. Um, I, I want to save my top three, because that is pretty decent, but I've got Cochrane in it at four for, for Hearts and, and uh, Miller He's a in decent it player. Uh, well, number five I've got, as as Connor like to, to describe him as, the, the John Lewis version of, of Devlin. Um, <laughs> and I, I assume he was, he was a frozen to Nicky Devlin, who... To be honest with you, I think he's actually having a really good season. Um, despite the, the rest of his defence being, you know, so leaky, I think Nicky Devlin's been fantastic. He's got five goal involvements for that right-back position and two of them have came in Europe where Aberdeen have played their best football this year. And he, and he's he's just a, he's a solid, solid SPL-level fullback. Uh, at number four, I've actually went for Liam Scales, who, you know, has been... Despite the fact that you know a lot of Celtic fans were discounting him performing before he'd even got his chance, I think for him to break through that mould and and show that he's capable of playing at that level and not only playing at that level, but probably being their best defensive uh, performer with with both of the fullbacks either struggling for fitness or struggling for form. And Carter Vickers been it for so long, and the skills had a few impressive performances like in the Champions League as well. So he's been a very very good centre back for Celtic this year. Connor? I'm trying to remember the teams I've still got to go. That's what um, I thought was going to be your problem about doing this off the cuff. I think I've got... I think I know where I'm... So, you've number got five... Celtic, Rangers... Kilmarnock, Celtic, Rangers... I already done Hearts because I said I was Scotland. Um, for fuck's sake, you, I had it in my head. I knew you lost me. Kilmarnock, <laughs> Rangers... St. Mirren. 
is the other one I've got, and uh, Dundee. Um, so, where was I? Five, uh, Alex Dogic. Um, I think there's a lot to like about the season he's had, and if you just look at in terms of, and it's no great quality we're picking for here, but the importance of a player or a defender to a squad, I think he's huge. Doesn't matter. I think if he picks up an injury or he's out of that team, they're clearly worse off for it. And I think he's more than merits being in the top five just for those reasons. Um, number four for me um, would be Owen Beck, I'm afraid. Um, I think he's clearly had a really good season. Um, Liverpool called him back to play him for five minutes and then send him back to Dundee apparently which was a bizarre thing but um, again he's he's a, a big player for them uh, and then we'll obviously let you use your top three and then we'll finish off Go on then Lewis top three um, Well third I've got Owen Beck um, I think he's been absolutely fantastic for, for Dundee certainly the, the first half of the season you know, he's got six goal involvements, two goals and four assists for, for Dundee and that, that's really, really impressive. And he's uh, somebody that is, as I think, is good enough for, for uh, old firm, old firm uh, quality. I think he would be an upgrade on Greg Taylor, certainly offensively, in my opinion. And what about an upgrade on Borna Barisic? He'd be an upgrade on Borna Barisic, certainly. I bet he wouldn't be on Red Fan, and I think he's too no, good to stand on bench. I think he could come in and he could... Listen, know. Robert, the dream is gone. He's no coming. <laughs> It's finished, but he's a fantastic wee player. And I'll move on to my, my number two. The only question I want to know is would he be the John Lewis Barisic? <laughs> aye, aye, there you go. Aye. <laughs> uh, aye, so my number two, like, I've got to get Ken for this again because I get Ken for this on my, my 11. He's played 10 games at right wing back this season, so he no, qualifies. No, you're no, he qualifies. No. He qualifies no. as Danny Armstrong. 14 goal involvements, five goals and nine assists. He's been absolutely tremendous. Despite he's played 20 games on right mid, I don't care. He's getting Lewis, <laughs> I cannot let you have that. I'm sorry. I cannot. He's played 10 games at right wing back. See, when, see in a couple of weeks' time when we do the midfielders, you're going to pick him again and then we'll do the forwards and you're going to pick him again. I know. <laughs> I'm just amazed you never picked him for the goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> and, who, and who's your number one? My number one is, of course, El Capitan. It's Mr James Tavernier. He is the best defender in Scotland. He's been the best defender in Scotland the full time he's been here. Um, his, his goals and assists are... There isn't a fullback in history that, that matches James Tavernier, so there's certainly not a fullback in, in Scotland that matches him. 21 goal involvements in the league. I think he's got over 30 in all competitions. Big moments again. I mean, he, he saved our, our backside... You know, as recently as, as last night against Kilmarnock, he's a living legend at Rangers, and you know this SPL should be very thankful that he's graced their presence for the last you know eight seasons. So there's absolutely nobody even in the same stratosphere. See, I, see, when I was doing it, right, this is why Owen Beck's not there, and this is why James Tavernier's not there, is because I didn't want to go for fullbacks; I went for defenders. So number so three. You, oh, 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 never do your list is stinking. <laughs> I didn't pick, I didn't, there's no no fullbacks on on my list, so I've 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 gone for uh, number three Lewis Mayo, who I think's been been very, very good, good this season. Um, he's probably the he's probably the best pick on my list actually. That's where my list peaked. Was at number three. Um, <laughs> two two I've, I've, I've kind of went for the 
bit of a safe bet. I went for Cameron Carter-Vickers just because I think he is arguably... He's not played. Yeah, but he's, be- he's Celtic's best defender. There's no, no but If I'm not allowed Danny Armstrong because he's and technically not a right-back, then you're not allowed Carter-Vickers because he's played three times. Well, he came on at first part. Actually, missed that man. Carter Vickers has made 16 Premier League appearances this season. There we go. So Connor's given me that's fine. Imagine and, imagine batting a Celtic player on a Rangers podcast. That's that's dreadful, you. Who? You Connor. fucking picked Liam Scales. <laughs> He's fourth. Robert's got a Celtic player second. Aye, well, Aye. I, well Liam Scales played for Aberdeen as well, so you went the worst of both for him. So Aye, well. number number one, uh I've just went out. Giving it to Conor Goldson purely because of you know the stat that came out in the week, uh, three hundred games, quickest player to get there in terms of, um, you know, was it days? I think he topped Tavernier, he topped Cooper, he topped McCoy's. It's some company to keep, and and I get that maybe he's not been his his, his, his best this year. However, um, he he's one of those ones like Tavernier that uh, if he if he if he leaves the club, you'll know all about it. So for me, I think uh, he he's the best centre half in the country. Uh, um, well, you're getting me in trouble. Look at this. Calvin's come in and said, "Well said, Lewis." I'm guessing he's on about your comments about me and Carter Vickers. But um, well, now all about opinions, Calvin. All about opinions. And, uh, so another three for me would also be Lewis Mail. Um, I, I think you know he's been he has been really good for Kelly this season. Um, there's no getting away for that. Um, you know, the fact that there's even been conversation about him potentially playing at Ibrox tells you the kind of season he's had. Um, so fair play to him. Um, I think he's he's been... Calvin Bennett... Nobody has... Conversations from two, from two punters tonight about flatulence. <laughs> Dear me. Um... This and, is the eyeballs uh, for testicles number again, isn't it? Oh. At, at number two, um, I, I think quite apt given we're talking about the flatulence, actually, number two. But um, I was going to go for Carter Vickers on the, the basis that he is the best defender that Celtic have got. You can't deny that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, um, but to slightly be fair uh, in the fact that uh, this person has played most of the season, I'm actually going to give Lewis's due and I will go for Scales because I think Scales has been um, impressive in terms of the improvement and because I didn't fancy him much. Even at Aberdeen, I thought he'd done okay. But... Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, number one, I know you said about the the full-back thing, but quite frankly, it's, it's James Tavernier. There's no, there's no get away for that. It's James Tavernier. Um, you know, okay, is he, you could argue that he's defensive, work, but what he brings and his importance, and nah, it's Tavernier all day long. No, I think that's fair, as I say, but I, when I was doing my I tried to, to avoid full-backs, but we'll give it to Captain Tav, especially uh, on, on what he done um, last night. Okie dokie. We'll call it a, a night there because, um, as I say, I've lost my cool. I'm sorry to anyone watching if that's maybe spoiled your viewing experience, but sometimes you've just got to laugh or cry, as we're doing at the minute as well. Um, I just want to actually put something here. So we are looking to invite, <clears throat> pardon me, 
supporters of other clubs on the podcast. Um, ordinarily, it's just me and, and two others uh, of an evening. So there is a spot in the screen for one other head if we can do that. So if you are watching and listening uh, and you're a supporter of Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, St Johnston, St Mirren, and you think I could go on there and talk at my club for 10, 15 minutes and, and have a bit of back and forth with the guys, then certainly get in touch with us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, um, uh, and we'll, we'll fish them out and, and get you on. It'd be delighted to, to just get another opinion from another side at another club. Um, so, yeah, certainly do that. And if you've joined us in the comments, like a few of you have, it's been a pleasure. Calvin and Buffalo Alberts, he's got us in trouble. Uh, Wolf Einstein, it's been great um, to, to, to have your, your comments as well throughout the podcast. And listen, delighted to have these two guys as well, Connor and, and Lewis, because every time us three get together, there's always garbage. <laughs> So if you have joined us tonight and you've enjoyed it, as I say, give us a like, um, leave a comment um, and, and, and tell your pals as well. But for tonight, uh, enjoy yourselves, enjoy the rest of the night what's left and we'll see you on Friday um, for the remainder of the podcast. Oh, Connor's going to come in there, he's, he's got something to say. Oh, no, no, you're all right. I, you, you keep, good, take good, girl. good girl, well done. <laughs>